In preparation for service, we're going to start with hymn number 156, and you can all remain seated. Hymn 156. like to welcome you all this evening in the name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's good to see you all here. Glad to be here. Um, Sister Judith Hood is ill, so she won't be here. But Cheryl and Truba, Miss, our sister, said she will do a solo for us. So it saved me from doing one. You guys would have been in trouble.
pulled out my scriptures and left them there. Oh, I'm sorry. I got. Uh, this is a time of season we all get ready and and we're per, we're preparing to um, celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know that a lot of us know that the chances are he was born in April. But this is the time that they celebrate. So we're going to make the best of it, and we're going to celebrate, and we're going to remember the Lord and Savior and him coming into the world. He chose to be here. He didn't have to come. He told the Father he would come, that he would do what he wanted him to do, and the glory would be his. The glory would be the Father's. And so he chose to come into the world. And I got a lot of testimonies myself about being there in the in the beginning because I was told so in my patriarchal blessing. And I'll bring that to you someday. And you and you, I'll be able to tell you something about it. One of the one of my favorite hymns, and it's not really a hymn, one of my favorite songs in the Christmas season is a little drummer boy. I just really like that one and it touches me. And you ask my wife, you know, being married almost 40 years now, she's made me into a crybaby. So I didn't used to be that way. I used to be tough. And, uh, you know, I was a military person, and I used to be pretty tough. But uh, she made me into a crybaby. So now when I hear songs that uh, um, touch me, I just let it go. I, I, I just don't even try to hold it back anymore. I want to share just a few of the lines that were on there, and then I'm going to share a scripture with you out of Third Nephi. One of the things is they talk about him coming and everybody bringing their finest gifts. And he, and the drummer boy said, I am a poor boy too. And then the drums go and it says, I have no gift to bring that's fit to give the king. So that touched me. Because I feel that no matter what we do, we never have that gift that we really have to bring the King, the Father, the one that is the one that gave us those things that are needful for our lives. And so I think that's important for us to understand. But then there's a part in here that says, I played my drum for him, and I played my best for him. And that's exactly what we're called to do. No matter what we do, we're always going to fall a little bit short. That's why Christ is the mediator, right? He's there to help us out when we have to go to that throne and face the Heavenly Father. But we do the best that we can in our service to Him, in our lives, with our family and our friends. As a call to worship, I'm going to go to, uh, like I said, 3rd Nephi. And... Um, I'm going to read a couple of verses. I'm going to read Third uh, Nephi, the first chapter, and it's going to be um, 13 through 17, and then I'm going to read 32 through 35. And on the morrow came I into the world to show unto the world that I will fulfill all that which I have caused to be spoken of by the mouth of my holy prophets. Behold, I come unto my own to fulfill all things which I have made known unto the children of men from the foundation of the world, and to do the will both of the Father and of the Son of the Father because of me and of the Son because of my flesh. 
And behold, the time is at hand, and this night shall the sign be given. And it came to pass that the words which came unto Nephi were fulfilled according to as they had been spoken. For behold, at the going down of the sun there was no darkness. And the people began to be astonished because there was no darkness when the light night came. They were astonished. So much so that they fell on their faces because they were, they were going to kill the believers. So all of a sudden now they have this great miracle and they turn around and they see all this miracle and that it happened. And then they turn around and, and it doesn't take long. 93 years later, starting at verse 32, Thus the ninety and second year did pass away, beginning glad tidings unto the people because of the signs which had come to pass according to the words of the prophecy of all the holy prophets. And it came to pass that the ninety and third year did also pass away in peace, save it were for the Gadianton robbers who dwelt in the mountains who did infest the land. For so strong were their holds in their secret places that the people could not overpower them. Therefore they did commit many murders and did also much slaughter among the people. And it came to pass that in the ninety and fourth year they began to increase in a great number because there were many dissenters in the Nephites who did flee unto them, which did cause much sorrow unto those Nephites who did remain in the land. So it didn't take long, and all of a sudden they decided that they had enough. And they went against, they had that miracle. Can you imagine having that miracle? It stayed daylight, 24 hours. They knew that Christ came. And yet they did that. Our own people even do that sometimes. They have great miracles that happen. And then they forget about it. And they walk away. I'm glad to see you all here that you didn't. I'm glad to have you here. I ask that you would uh, pray for my brother Trenton as he brings us the word. That you would be with Dennis and I as we perform our duties today. And that you remember that we come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to serve him. That's what we are called to do. All of us and all the other priesthood that's here. So let us begin and sing hymn number 162. 162, and when you find your places, would you please rise?
most kind, dear Heavenly Father. I thank you for allowing us to come into this high house. And I uphold this people to thee and to thy throne of grace. That thy spirit might rest upon this place, that they might all come and listen and be uplifted. That they not only remember thy son and all that he has given us, but that they might remember the duties that they have also. So, Heavenly Father, be with us. Be with my brother as he brings us the word you've brought to him. And watch over us throughout this hour. And we pray this in the name of thy son, Jesus Christ. Amen. For my opening scripture, I'd like to read out of the Book of Mormon, uh, the Book of Mormon, fourth chapter, verses 71 through 76. Behold, he created Adam, and by Adam came the fall of man. And because of the fall of man came Jesus Christ, even the Father and the Son. And because of Jesus Christ, Came the redemption of man. And because of the redemption of man, which came by Jesus Christ, they are brought back into the presence of the Lord. Yea, this is wherein all men, all men are redeemed. Because the death of Christ bringeth to pass the resurrection, which bringeth to pass a redemption from an endless sleep, from which sleep all men shall be awakened by the power of God when the chump shall sound and they shall come forth both small and great and they shall stand before his bar being redeemed and loosed from his from this eternal band of death which death is a temporal death and then cometh the judgment of the holy one upon them and then cometh the time that he that is filthy shall be filthy still and he that is righteous shall be righteous still. And he that is happy shall be happy still. And he that is unhappy shall be unhappy still. And now, O all ye that have imagined up unto yourselves a God who can do no miracles, I would ask of you, have all these things passed which I have spoken? Has the end come yet? Behold, I say unto you, Nay. And God has not ceased to be a God of miracles.
Thank you all for coming and supporting me. It's kind of a nervous thing standing up here giving the word of God, which is a very powerful thing and needs to be delivered and by the spirit. And I've tried to do my best to <clears throat> study and let him lead me. So bear with me, please. I'm wanting to talk about probation um, for the recording. I'd like it to be probably uh, probationary time is going quick. Um, I just wanted to encourage everyone mainly that this is not the end. The end of this life is not the end. We're going to be living eternally with God. Or we are going to be in the lake of fire and brimstone. You know, God loves us so much that He was willing to give your Son, His Son, for us. To die on that cool cross so that we could live I'd like to turn to Second Nephi. Second <clears throat> Nephi, Chapter Six. Verses 57 and 61. I'll read through that. It says, Oh, that cunning plan of the evil one. Oh, the vainness and the frailties and the foolishness of men. When they are learned, they think they are wise, and they hearken not unto the counsel of God. For they set it aside, supposing they know of themselves. Wherefore, their wisdom is foolishness, and it profiteth them not, they shall, and they shall perish. But to be learned is good, if they hearken unto the counsels of God. God wants us to be humble, seeking help from others, and Him mainly. He will help us through others. And I, th- I find it very difficult myself to distinguishes pride from in myself from thinking it's okay or not okay it's it's difficult and each and every one of us has to face pride at some point in our lives and there's a scripture i can't remember where it's from but it it says that um the proud, God resisteth the proud, but the humble is, he, he helps them, or something like that. You probably know where I'm coming, uh, know what, what I'm talking about. I'll switch, I'll go over to Mosiah, chapter 1, verses 62 through, uh, 52 through 62. 
And I'm going to, that's going to be a long reading, but it's important. I say unto you, my brethren, that if you should render all the thanks and praise which your whole souls have power to possess to that God which, who has created you and has kept and preserved you and has caused that you should rejoice and has granted it that ye should live in peace with one another. I say unto you, that if ye should serve him who has created you from the beginning and are preserving you from day to day by lending you breath, that ye may live and move and do according to your own will and even supporting you from one moment to another. He's letting us make all these decisions that we're making on this earth right now. Even though he has the power to make us do what he wants, what he really wants is for us to really want that. Because he has a, a love like we have never experienced in, in full power before. And some people have experienced his love to the smallest extent. And they're completely overwhelmed. And they don't know why they think the things they do whenever they have that feeling. Excuse me. I say, if ye should serve him with all your whole soul, yet ye would be unprofitable servants. And behold, all that he requires of you is to keep his commandments. And he has promised you that if ye would keep his commandments, ye should prosper in the land. And he never doth vary from that which he hath said. Therefore, if ye do, do keep his commandments, he doth bless you and prosper you. And now, in the first place, <clears throat> he hath created you and granted unto you your lives, for which ye are indebted unto him. And secondly, he doth require that you should do as he hath commanded you, for which if ye do, he doth immediately bless you, and therefore he hath paid you. And ye are still indebted unto him, and are and will be forever and ever. Therefore, of what have ye to boast? And now I ask, can ye say aught of yourselves? I answer you nay. You cannot say that ye are even as much of the dust of the earth. Yet ye were created of the dust of the earth, but behold, it belongeth to him who created you. And I, even I, whom ye call your king, am no better than ye yourselves are, for I am also the dust of the dust. I'll switch to Jeremiah 29:11 through 13. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, 
thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. And then ye shall call unto me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. In order to get through this probationary state of life, which is difficult for us, bearable by Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, we must go to God. We must go to Jesus. Life is, excuse me, life is insanely short. I was talking in the pastor's study back there before coming up here, and I was telling them that time is going way too fast. And, you know, they're like, you know, if you ask anybody older than you, you'll know that it is going fast, and they'll tell you it's going fast. Do you feel time going by fast? I want you to think inside of your minds. And this is to me too. Are, Are we living our probationary state the way God wants us to? I want you to ask yourself that. And I ask myself that too. God didn't give us this probationary state to take life lightly, per se. Yes, he gave us joy. Yes, he lets us experience happiness. And um, Doctrine and Covenants 22, 23b, and I know there's some people who memorize that, um, and I know some of my deacon friends did as well. And 22, 23b And there is no end to my works, neither to my words, for this is my work and my glory, to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. God's work and his glory is to bring to pass our immortality and our eternal life. That's the reason he sent Jesus. That's the reason Jesus chose to come and die for us on this very earth, on the hill Calvary. He doesn't want us to take it lightly. God created us so that we might have joy. But the best joy you can experience is from coming to God, giving your life to Him, and following Him, even if it doesn't make sense. Even if it's hard, because I know I've gone through some hard times and tried to trust Jesus in it, and it's hard. But when I'm down the line, and I'm through everything, and everything's okay, I'm thinking to myself, well, is this real? Like, is everything actually okay? Did he actually help me? And yes, he did help me.
I will turn to James chapter 5, verse 16. One of the reasons we have each other on this earth is not only to experience joy with each other and bring others to Christ, but it is it is it's contained in this verse right here. James chapter 5 verse 16 says, Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I don't know about you guys, but I've been very encouraged with the faith that our branch tries to exhibit in praying for those who are sick among us. It's incredible. People overcome serious illnesses and tragedies by prayer. God not only wants us to pray for each other, but he wants us to love each other as he loves us. Time is speedily coming to a close on this earth. We must hearken to our Savior, Jesus Christ. We must trust in him. I'll turn to 2 Nephi, chapter 11, verse 39. And it says, Yea, behold, I say unto you that as these things are true, and as the Lord God liveth, there is none other name given under heaven, save it be this Jesus Christ, of which I have spoken, whereby man can be saved. Jesus is the only way to be saved. He is the mediator between us and God, as Russell Russell mentioned. He wants to have a close relationship with each and every one of us. And there are great blessings that come from a closer relationship with him. From Luke chapter 12, verse 44, getting us back on track here to probation. And now, verily, I say these things unto you that ye may know this, that the coming of the Lord is as a thief in the night. We must always be ready, always be getting ready for his coming. Like it said in Mosiah, those who are filthy will be filthy still. Those who are happy will be happy still. Basically, whatever state you're in, you're going to be in that still when you meet Jesus. This probationary state is so important 
for the rest of our lives. And I'm not talking just physically. It's the spiritual life that God cares about the most. I've pondered, you know, why I would risk sinning for the pleasure of, because of my nature, of flesh, to, to, and I definitely want to work on myself and my pride and all the flaws I have. And the Lord is showing me many of those things. I've pondered why I've been okay with accepting, you know, the small sins, sins that don't really, you know, you don't think about being not aware And why I would risk that over life and eternity with Jesus. I just feel so strongly that we need to take this probationary state so seriously and think and be present about what we're doing. Is it building up the kingdom of God? Is it helping others? Is it glorifying God? From Doctrine and Covenants, chapter 17. Verse uh, verse 6D through E. But there is a possibility that man may fall from grace and depart from the living God. Does that scare you at all? It scared me. Because... And even in, you know, the Bible, there's so many instances of people following God and worshiping God and then falling away. You're always having to work in this earth, on this earth, whether it be good or bad. I want to encourage us to take the good works. We're not saved by works. We're saved through grace. I just want to clarify that. I don't think we're saved by works. But... Each and every step of this life will be judged. God is going to judge us and he will condemn us or not. I encourage you to think about that. Therefore, let the church take heed and pray always, lest they fall into temptations. Yea, and even let those who are sanctified take heed also. Sin doesn't care who you are. It's going to find you. 
The Lord wants us to take advantage of our time on this earth for the better. He wants us to seek him. He wants to bless us. He's our heavenly father. I'll go to Romans chapter 8, verse, verses 1 through 2. Therefore, excuse me, there is no, there is therefore no, now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. If you're walking in the spirit, you're free from sin. You're not under the bondage of sin. Those who don't know Jesus, those who don't really have a relationship with him, they're under a bondage of sin because it's the only way they know how to live. The Lord has given us another way by walking in the spirit and not of the flesh and sinning in our carnal nature. He's given us a new life, renewed us to the very core, our heart, our very being. I can't remember exactly where it says it, but I think it was Paul who said, creating me a, a clean heart. I may, I'm paraphrasing. I may be wrong. But to that extent, the Lord will clean us. He changed me. My testimony is that he changed me. I know he did. I know he's real. I believe in him. This life really does seem surreal sometimes because I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know, we're on this earth physical, you know, this is all we know. And then we get this book and it's about Jesus and God and his love for us. We have been created to worship. God designed us to worship. And he leaves it up to us what we worship, who we worship. When we go back to him at the last day, if you pass away before his coming or, during, or whenever he comes, it says, every knee will bow and every tongue confess. I kind of I kind of find it amazing how, you know, people could take a chance, but I come from a bit, uh, uh, you know, I've grown up in the church. And so 
sometimes I don't really understand why people believe the way they do. And I try to take opportunities to to witness to them that he's real. But I don't always know how to go about doing that. So it's kind of discouraging sometimes. But ultimately, if we are a changed creature, if we let him change our hearts completely, and we desire to follow after him, our actions speak very loud. People are watching. I know people watch me at work and how I act. Everybody's watching who are around. And we need to remember that. But ultimately, we need to glorify God and follow God. Let's turn to Luke chapter 12, verse 35. Fear not, little flock. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He wants to give us the kingdom. His sole purpose, his work, and his glory is to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man, and we get to have the kingdom in the end if we stay true to him. You know what I found amazing is how I read the biblical stories of the stoning of Stephen and the the persecution of the prophets and saints and I wonder how how they make it through to the end. It's by Jesus Christ. If you're a renewed creature, have a renewed heart. That's the only way. My main goal tonight is to encourage everyone to take deeper thought into your lives, all of our lives, and think about the vision of God and what he wants for us to give us the kingdom and to sanctify us and to give us everlasting life. It is no light matter. It's the most important thing that you have to worry about on this earth. 
God, all of us do. And to take into account those around you and their life and how they may need help. Not only physically, but spiritually too. Mentally. Mental support. Being there for them. Trying to understand their struggles. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I can't remember the exact scripture, but paraphrasing, the Lord has given us the means to escape sin if we really desire that. Our carnal and sensual nature, because of the fall, is to love sin. We don't naturally abhor sin. Nobody does. It's only through the grace and power of God that we can abhor sin. We need to be there for the people who are who are in bondage to the sin, real sin. These things that are trapping people, making life hard for people, ending lives, war, contention, strife. It's all because of sin. Have you ever thought about, like, if everybody loved each other, how would things go? Obviously, there would not be this war and murder and sin. There's people who haven't heard the gospel before. There's people who have heard the gospel and haven't made a decision. Perhaps if you try to be a good or a a follower of Jesus Christ in the real world, those people would choose Jesus. Or perhaps they would choose sin. It is up to us how we live out our probationary state. That's the beauty of the love of God. Is he gave us our agency. We must use it in a wise way. I think back to the prayer that Justice Smith uttered. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. He's not just going to toss this stuff out of the sky. We have to ask for it repeatedly. 
He wants us to ask. I want all of us to think about our relationship with God. And get personal with Him. Because it'll save you. It'll save everyone who comes close to Him. The parable of the ten virgins. I think it's probably one of my favorite parables. It shows that there are five who are not ready, and there are five who are ready. And I want you to pay attention closely and compare yourself to the story. Think about and be realistic, be honest with yourself. And see where you fit in. And then at that day, before the Son of Man comes, the kingdom of heaven shall be likened unto ten virgins who took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five of them were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Lest there should be not enough for us and you, go you rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, you know me not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. I'd like you to ponder that, and I will ponder it as well. This is incredibly serious. The weight of each and every one of our salvation depends on our choices on this earth, and after all we can do, it's God's grace. Let's turn to Proverbs 29:18 chapter 29 verse 18 
Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he the law, that keepeth the law, happy is he. I want you to think inside of yourselves before I tell you this. I'm sure you know it. What is the vision that God has given us? It is to glorify Him. And as it says here, he that keep, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. The Lord's law is simple, but difficult. The Lord is Plain. The Book of Mormon is an excellent example. It's plain, easy to understand, usually. All of you who have a desire to come to God, He has given you the ability. He has given each and every one of us the ability to choose if we go to be with him at the last day or perish and spend eternity in the lake of fire and brimstone. He chastens those he loves, us. I really want to encourage each and every one of us to not give up when we are challenged with something in life. Don't give up. Do not give up on God. He will never fail you. He will never fail anyone. He made a promise. He never changes. He's going to keep the promise. Every single promise he makes. We are nothing without him. We gain our purpose from him. He is our hope and our purpose and our joy. We should rejoice, rejoice in afflictions. Hard times. I love the book of Job. I'm not going to go there, but he had his life taken away from him. Everything in his vicinity was gone. But you want to know what he did? He still praised God. Gave reverence to God. Let's be like Job. 
wherein, when we suffer, let's give glory to God. When we go through hard times, trust in God. If your whole life is taken away, trust in God. God has given us a glorious vision. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the Savior of his sheep, and the Son of the living God. Amen. Let us turn our hymns to 552. And when you find your places, would you please rise? Father, it's been our pleasure, Heavenly Father, to come to your house this evening to hear the words of our brother who has brought to our attention the need that we have for this life that we live now, this period of life to bring our lives better to you. I pray, Heavenly Father, that uh, each one here this evening may have been blessed by these words, may have been brought to mind this season, this time of life that we live now. I pray this all and ask your Spirit to go with us. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, amen. Amen.